day. Wait, hold on, hold on, holiday. the first week you bought off Amazon, and I'm just collecting dust under your bed. Raffi. You can call me he, she, Kathy Lee, as long as you subscribe to Wait, Don't Do It on Instagram. New new parish, y'all. And, and this, this is Wait, Don't Do it. it. The show we tell you to wait. Please welcome our favorite special guest, Jamie Atalano. Yes. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let that innocence fool you. This girl has the littest DMs. Are you she is infamous, famous, everyone knows she is. She runs <laughs> College Park. And now we are here today with yet another exciting interview in our childhood series. And today, what are we looking at, Rafi, as you sip your coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to uh, discuss the, the early signs and the early feelings of not feeling the way that you've been told you should feel. Like, like I remember feeling the first time I didn't feel like one of the boys. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And kind of deconstructing that and kind of seeing seeing that even though someone can present as male, breaking that construct through through early life. Yeah. Absolutely. So today's yeah. goal of this interview is really to just examine uh, gender, queerness of course, but gender um, through the lens of childhood and development because, you know, research says by the age of two a child would know you know, their preferred gender or yeah. not. Yeah. Uh, and we want to interview Jamie, who identifies as... Genderqueer. Yes. Yeah. When did you uh, come to that decision? Honestly, much recently, um, when I was in college, I think, for me specifically, I was playing with the notions of gender, like, when mm-hmm. I was growing up, like, first came out. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, well, I know I'm... Okay, well, let's yeah. start there. Let's start from the beginning. Oh, let's start from the beginning. We are taking it back. So, was it Zambon? On that city? <laughs> you have to tell me. What city? What city were you born in? Zambon? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I ain't got my glasses on. I see a Z. I see No, I'm just kidding. So, okay. tell me how to pronounce it. Zambwanga. 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 I know from the islands, but girl, it ain't that hard. It's not that hard. Why is she giving me a hard time? Fucking shit up. Zambanga City. It's from the South. Zambanga City. So, perfect on her name. What is it? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the name? Zamb- Zamboanga. Zamboanga. Yeah, Zamboanga. Zamboanga. Oh, that's oh, a good like drop that. name, too. Zamboanga. Coming to the States. Zambi Zamboanga. Zambi Zamboanga. So you are originally from the Philippines. Yes, yes. I was born and raised in Zamboanga City. I was there um, growing up since I was like nine and then moved and immigrated to America. Moved around quite a lot. Um, settled in Maryland when I was around 12 years old. So I used to be like in California and then grew up in um, Illinois mostly and then came here. So I was like 11, 12. So all around the world. I don't even know. I don't even remember. I think oh, it was wow. nearer to LA, wherever Disneyland is. <laughs> <laughs> Where that Disneyland show is. Nah, I was there for like six months, just kind of like staying with cousins and stuff. Uh, it was like weird. Oh, so it was like just a transition. It you know, immigrants. Like yeah. Yeah, we don't no. get a home, so we for gotta real, stay with no, you for a real. bit. For real, that's While we get our, you know, stuff together. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. Absolutely. So, as staying in the Philippines, tell us, like, what was it like growing up there? Weather, family-like dynamics, go. Man. Um, <laughs> I'm recalling a lot. Definitely a lot of typhoons. Like, weather is very, like, 
tropical. Um, it's hard to say. It's like super hot, humid all the time because you're near the equator. Yeah. Equator. <laughs> the equator. Equator. <laughs> equator. <laughs> equator. <laughs> it's right next to Ecuador. Um, <laughs> I stayed. It was Zamboanga City was the most like fluent area. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have like a gated community. Okay, you can bitch. climb that shit, girl. Like, bitch, I climb that shit. Like, we had coconut trees. I remember that. I saw pictures. It's beautiful. Really? It's, it'll be a lot of it's, white buildings. It's, like, I, <laughs> no, it's, really, yeah. it's cute. Um, I enjoyed it a lot because all my family was there. Right. Um, it was actually a, a lot of LGBTQ people growing up oh. within the Philippines. I was going to say, in the Philippines has, I don't, I don't want to, I feel like I'm going to use like the offensive. Like 50%, right? I think, offensive, I use the no, term. no, no, we don't this have idea system, of like yeah. lady boys and yeah. all the different terms yeah. I've seen growing up. Um, girl, when was the first in, in like your youth did you experience queerness in a, in a person then? Because like that was one of our questions, like what was the demographics and then beyond that, when was the first time you realized yeah. that, oh, there's people that don't conform to gender oh and those constructs? No, great question. Like, whenever we would have, like, family events, so, like, in the Philippines, like, your family's, like, 200 people. So, like, in some of them, I ain't even your family, but we're all family. Yeah. So we'd always have, like, family gatherings, so I'd have a lot of titas, who are my aunts, and titos, who are my uncles. Really, when I first got exposed to Chris, is seeing my, like, my queer titas, my, t- yeah. my aunties who didn't act like the other aunties, right? More male kind of acting. Oh, wow. Or would come with, like, a friend, you know? But I was, like, young enough. Like, I was old enough to understand, like, that's not just and a I friend. And I accepted more there? Dating. I don't know. Like, when I was growing up, it was kind of hard for me to know if it was. I don't think anyone, like, did anything. I think now, in the current climate, it's not as accepting as America. Obviously, mm-hmm. they have... Um, some issues, especially mm-hmm. with like who who's running the presidency and everything, but they do have they have been making strides to understand more like gender identity and stuff. Like I know when it comes to like understanding trans um, women yeah. and men and trans folk in general, it's like a new idea for them, or it's like a different label because the discursiveness of gender identity is like very different in the Philippines. Right, and that comes with like education, of course, and like understanding. And then uh, and I'd see my gay uncles, and then sometimes we would like the, the most flamboyant. Like you just know, you know. Like I was like, oh my god, it's me. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But um, that's funny. But seeing them around, you know. Yeah. I was gonna ask because because um, I always wondered when I was figuring out if I was gay, if I had an, if I had met anyone gay already, mm-hmm. so I can kind of like talk or even like understand what they go through but I always told myself that I had not met anyone gay so did you and you said that you kind of didn't know but you kind of can figure it out yeah but did you know knowing that you were non gender non-conforming or there was something mm-hmm. in you that was not like I said like I used the term earlier not like the other boys mm-hmm. what uh what did you think like how did you did you look for that representation did you look for that connection I definitely or influence like through my uncles and aunts like yeah, my titas yeah. and titos no, I never ever went to them. I don't know. I I think when I was growing up, I was just more like focused on survival. I think it was a very different like like when I look back like I was very like like I understood that I was like different from people, but I don't think I was still developed enough to really have an idea. Like I didn't know I was like genderqueer. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't anything. Like I knew obviously I was more feminine than the boys mm-hmm. and I had a lot more like girlfriends, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was like, uh, like a, a big topic for me. Yeah. Like, for me, I think I was more concerned with, like, living every day. And I was like, just like, are we going to have food? Um, no, yeah, that's important to talk yeah, about those, yeah. those identities. I mean, because being 
um, genderqueer, versus yeah, yeah. immigrant, but also, you know, all, how you identify sexually, it's just all these different factors, but sometimes they're more yeah. important than others in different eras. Yeah. Like, I did, though. I did definitely start to feel attraction for men I think at a like when I was around like seven like I knew I liked yeah. it's like but I didn't know how to feel like obviously I wasn't like sexually attracted, but yeah. I knew I thought boys were cute I would yeah. be like I like boys you know like but I never <laughs> like understood how to feel about it I guess which was like weird and you grew up with just mostly boys you have a lot of brothers right I had an older brother I had my dad my biological father right um I had my grandmother and I had my nanny, who was a woman. Mm. So it's a good... And I had a, a boy nanny who right. was there. So mm. it was like a good mix, so... You say had. Are they still in your life? Like some of your family members? <laughs> my biological father is not in my life. Okay. Um, but I still have a father who's my stepfather. Mm. He's my dad to me. Um, coming to America and everything. Um, my brother is still in my life. And I have two brothers now. So I have my older brother and my younger half-brother. Um, and I live with my mother now. So change right, right. transition. Kind of went all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I feel like people were like, "Yes, man." Twenty of them, so like, they're, yeah. they're gonna be, they're gonna be popping up everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the boys. What, do, what, did, what, what do boys? What does the definition of boys or masculinity mean to you? Like, what, especially since what you, know, you came to that? America and you know you were moving around a lot. Yeah. You have mo- you have various perspectives of masculinity throughout the world. So, in I, country. No, that's a really good question. Um. Now, currently, or when I was like a child, how I was looking. Well, sorry, childhood. It's so childhood. It's so childhood. Because expectations right matter. Oh, because your yeah. expectations as a kid affected your relationship with men. Now you're right. You're right. Hundred percent. You're so. right. When I was a kid, I guess I never felt myself like as a boy because I like never played with the boys. Like I was never like really sportsy. So like boy, like masculinity, right? Is you like to play basketball or like you like to play. Like, I like Power Rangers and stuff, so it was just, I guess, lucky that I was able to connect with them through, like, Which other color? things. Pink. Bitch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like Pink Rangers, so it still had differences. Like, I would play with, like, Barbies, obviously. I would play with the... How'd you get Barbies? I could find them. Like, the... Pretty boys get wet, all the fun stuff. I'm when, telling you, y'all get away with when me. I play, when I was playing Pokemon, I was the girl, bitch. Yeah. I, was, I was getting Chikorita while I was playing Silver. <laughs> Gendering the stuff. Gendering the Pokemon. I made sure I made sure Chikorita was a female. I was like... She got that pearl, right? Yeah, yes. she got the pearl. She's like, this bitch is pretty. Like, I knew for a fact, like... I was not like the boys because the boys were very manly, very, oh, blue, want all these things, growing up in the Philippines, and of course, like... And you love color. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do, I mean... <laughs> yes, yeah. But I mean, pen, uh, <laughs> Philippines, is that, is that an offensive term? What? Penoy. Is it? I don't think so. Oh, I Do people care. think? No, <laughs> I don't think so. Penoy means anything relating to the Philippines... So okay. Yeah. Okay. Pinoy. Yeah, it's like an adjective. Because I don't want to like, but so Pinoy, you know what I mean? Like, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> Filipinos and Latinos and Black people really get along. I feel like that is is that there's a, um like we're gonna get to the color thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about like he just really like bright color, like he dyed his hair or something. Oh. Like, yeah, I know. Like, I know. I was like, get your mind out the gutter, lady. No, but I, I like I like bright colors. I'm very like I very definitely like it, it comes with my personality too. Like yeah. I'm out there yeah. unicorn. Um much like Nuno over here with the shadow shadow with Nuno, right? 
What? Yeah, okay, got it, got it right, got it right, got it right. Then you knew when you pull up, honey. <laughs> but yeah, for me, what meant as boy, right, um, was trying to be adhering to ma- like stereotypical masculinity mm. stuff. Um, not to say that just because I like pink, I like the pink range, I like girl characters, mm. and playing with more feminine stuff doesn't mean that wasn't a boy. Um, it just meant that I didn't fit with. Um, most group of boys who were growing up and it made me weird, right? For them, it made me queer, it made me deviant from them. So it was harder to make guy friends. And I did have guy friends. Um, like, one of them was, like, my best friend, Nino. Like, didn't care. So it's rare to have that um, stuff. And I think it was hard in the beginning growing up with my older brother because I don't think he understood, like, what I was kind of going through. And he's, like, so woke now. But before, you know, like, he was kind of struggling with understanding um, and opening up to the idea of, like, what is, like, who is my... Is that true you know? for the, uh, all your family? Because, I mean, I know you're all your family super supportive. Yeah. But before, yeah. like, with your mom or... Oh, it was hard. Stepdad or anything. It was hard. It was hard. I think, well, my dad always knew, like, my stepdad, he always knew, like, I was gay. And I think he always, always had in, inklings if I was also more, you know, um, but he's never, like, questioned me. Like, he's never been, like... He's always been supportive of everything. My mom has always been the type of person that is more fearful. And I think just growing up in the Philippines where everyone is so judgmental, super Catholic, super, like, restrictive and conservative, um, even with the huge LGBTQ, right, population that exists there, there's still this, like, cognitive dissonance, I guess. Yes. Like, oh, shit, like, it's, it's in my face, but I'm not accepting it. Yeah. Um, which is, like, wild, because I'm pretty sure more than 50% of our population is, like, LGBTQ+. Um, but how they mm-hmm. how they see queerness there is so different how, with how they see it in America. Like, even my mom was trying to explain it. Like, being gay in the Philippines is so different than being gay here. And it might just be because it's more accepting here. It's more, like, you're treated as a human versus they're, like, they know you're gay, but you're, like, not treated as a human as much. Mm-hmm. So, like, equality still has a lot more movement. I mean, as we've seen in Asian countries, like Taiwan just got, you know, marriage equality. I don't even think we have marriage equality yet in the Philippines. I'm not sure. Um, if any of the viewers know and can educate <laughs> on my country. I've been in America. I haven't been, like, in Shout out to all our Filipino listeners. But my, yeah, but my mom was telling me, like, you know, being gay back home is so different. They treat you different. Like, you know, when we think of, if we even go further to the DL construct of what yeah. DL men are, like, very, very different in the Philippines, how it is there. Um a lot more affairs right with right. married wow. men but it's like normal I think mm-hmm. and like I don't know but I, and that's a whole different like subject but <laughs> yeah growing up yeah. I, let's do that <laughs> going to a tangent no, it's, you're gonna no, edit a lot no it's fine because uh, <laughs> I'm I'm realizing that I haven't like been exposed to the a lot of especially Filipino experiences that, yeah. like, to that level at least mm-hmm. and uh, uh, no, I was wondering. And a question I have, and a question that I want to follow up with is, well, what is the rhetoric around? Because did you develop any shame through, like, you know, sometimes, like, I noticed, like, I had, I know in, in my in my experience as a Latino, mm-hmm. you hear men talk shit, like, like, Joto and Maricón mm. and all that shit. And, like, obviously that told me, since yeah. I kind of felt like a Maricón, yeah. like, oh, this could be, this this means that. I'm bad or something yeah. or I can get picked on so did you hear any rhetoric through your like family or cousins yeah. or parents 
that would have kind of instilled some shame. I'm getting triggered. No, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the word bakla means gay, yeah. but how it's being used, and I, when I hear it, right, yeah. and I hear the shady tita is just whispering, like, yeah. bakla, like, I'm, I hear it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, You're just eating your oatmeal. Yeah, I'm, here, I'm just eating my oatmeal. Um, that's like that one word that like triggers me because I know obviously they're talking about me, but I don't I don't know enough Tagalog to be like, oh, that's about me. Um, most of the time, my family actually when I like came out or when I was like being really feminine. Actually, before I even came out, I was so feminine. Like I would be kind of like disciplined, like not like why are you doing that? Like stop doing that, you know. Um, especially like stop twirling, girl. Huh? <laughs> stop wearing that towel as yeah, wig. Stop wearing like, and then it. But I don't think I heard like specific words other than buckle. That's like the, that's the only word that comes to mind that like mm-hmm. triggers me when I hear like when I hear my cousins say it. Like obviously, um, I think it was like really dif- different for them growing up. Like I was like the gay cousin, so. Mm-hmm. I want to go on a quick tangent on the how your own physicality mm. may may influence um, kind of your actions. Uh, within your queer development. Yeah. Um, because I, I think it's different experiences based on, you know, body type, body size. Jamie You're right, yeah. is very uh, small and yeah. petite. Yeah. And fishy. Uh, oh my God, my girlfriend. I'm getting it. No, it's in the tribe. When yeah. we release the pictures of the guests, we'll get just uh, give us a tour. Uh, you know, it's a Pomeranian of gays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, so it's really, you know, it's, it's Maybe more easy, no, it's gonna possibly be. for you to be, you know, more feminine and soft mm-hmm. and petite, and identify more just because you're so your body lends itself to it. Yeah, something that you know, Raffi and I go through yeah. is you know we identify as big girls, bigger girls. Mm-hmm. You know, I got some curves because I used to be three hundred pounds, so like right. I carry myself still, and right. I'm, I just got a nutritionist to kind of go a little step further because mm-hmm. I've had several even moments now after therapy realizing that. I still internalize a big girl, and I yeah. still think that I'm a different size, and I still wear oversized things because I right. feel like I should. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So you were saying, and me, you know, I just can't fit none, girls. <laughs> we are so but, good. But, but, <laughs> but I feel, be- especially I'm broad-shouldered, mm. so I think that I just look ridiculous if I'm trying to be like, and I'm feminine. Right. I'm, I'm, I own my femininity. Yes. In my, in my, in my, girl. Yes, yes. But at the same time, yeah. I think that my I I cap my femininity. Like, I yeah. think that it would give me anxiety to, like, actually put on a dress. I think it would actually give me anxiety to put on heels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's just, like, I feel, it, like, I feel like it's that pass mentality. Like, right. I wouldn't pass. I wouldn't look pretty. Right. And therefore, I shouldn't do it. Yeah. And it's that, in like, I know it's that shame that surrounded, like, that marikon, all those trigger mm-hmm. words that, like, and plus, my mom was still kind of had a heart attack. And yeah. she saw me, because she, I still... Kind of want to, want to uphold that I'm still her little boy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Oh, I know what you're saying. So, yeah, I know right? what you're saying. So do you like do you feel guilt or something? No, um, you guys bring up some very great notions, especially regarding physicality, yeah. right? I think when we're delving into desirability politics, yeah. those really, you know, there is when it comes to the, the normalization of beauty, what does beauty look like, right? Mm-hmm. There's definite um, privileges that. I know I I can come across due to because of my slimness, yeah. because of certain facial features, because of my light skin, um, it just comes easier to pass for me versus someone who is more bigger or more masculine. Um, Why you looking at me like that? I was, I, was, I was not y'all. I was not. But no, it, it's true. There are struggles, and I feel like no one should adhere to just because my body type may not fit with slim. I shouldn't. 
um, be feminine, right? And same with masculine. So some people who may want to feel masculine be like, well, I'm more skinny and have my type of body type. Like, well, I can't be masculine. That's not true either, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's just adhering to, or maybe not adhering. It's maybe fighting against that, you know, social um, stereotype of what what gender needs to look like because gender is how you feel, yeah. right? Gender is how you feel and identify and then how are you going to express that with what you're comfortable with and you were bringing those topics of like you know growing up and hearing the things that you were hearing from your uncles and stuff and then it's also navigating through trauma and navigating through your culture because that plays a huge part too um in gender expression and in how you identify um but yeah reeling it back to the question of me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now bring it back to me. Like, why I'm here? No. Um, I definitely do, based on, I guess, my body type and, like, you know, being Asian, being light skin, fair skin. Um, and it is easier for me to have that confidence um, versus those who may not look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do try to, like, use my privilege to try and like uplift other people and other communities and just trying to like be a you know i guess a source mm-hmm. of inspiration and i i try to educate myself into saying okay like where do i have privileges here and where can i uplift others who may not feel this certain way either mm-hmm. or where can i be a source of advice or source of talk or where can i educate others to treat other people better you know what i mean Right, right. And, you know, Jamie really walks that talk. And we bring it back to 2016. Mm. Oh, God. When I, <laughs> when I first saw him, you know, he, he is such a, a, a star power because yeah. I just noticed him out of the crowd of, like, a thousand people. At <laughs> and I was just like, that kid is just yeah. something. Oh, you're yeah. on. And you're then, on. you know, when you wandered into my office for advising. I was like, y'all hiring? <laughs> <laughs> I was just, like, so, again, amazed, amused, engaged, because um, even when you're unsure of yourself, you still have such a, a confidence that, like, yeah. you're going to get through it, um, and I know there's a lot of insecurity there, because you're growing up, you're mm-hmm. just a baby, you're a Virgo, so all these little, <laughs> <laughs> all the other all these things, and then just to see what you're able to accomplish and what you do, it's just... Mm-hmm. Inspiring to us yeah. old people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're not old at all. What do you mean? Because we're like, wow. I mean, imagine being that. Yeah, I just didn't have when that. we were younger. I, I've always, I, I've always believed in my. Well, I never. I started believing in my star power later in life. Yeah, and you just, just you were born. I feel like you're born uh, like, believing your star power, and and that's just um, amazing. It's something is born in here. But what drives, like, what really drives that? What drives your confidence? What's your power? Because I, come from? when I say that where my power comes from, it comes from the influence of my parents. It comes from the influence yeah. of uh, the the personalities and like and just my integrity and I, yeah. the things I stand for and kind of like my loyalty to people. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm backbone. Yeah. What's your power? Good question. Where does that come from? Um, I honestly, <laughs> 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 I need a blanket. Like. <laughs> <We're>, um, <laughs> Oh my god, my power comes from the the core in the in the middle of the earth. I no, I'm just kidding. My my power truly also comes from really um, my mom, right? Yeah. When she came to the, America with only like two hundred dollars in her pocket, um, her source of inspiration and hard work and like drive and ambition really drove me to have a more positive life. And I think that's where I always kind of like tell myself like, okay, like I need to be strong like my mom 
Um, although I'm not trying to be my mom. I, mm-hmm. It's always this like, constant battle of like trying to like not be my mom, but like, be my mom. <laughs> it's hard, right? Because I'm like yeah. her son, but I'm not her son because I'm kind of like her daughter in that sense yeah. too, yeah. Um, where I see myself in that way. Um, it's also just the drive to just create positive change. I think that's where my power comes from. I've always been someone that cares about other people, even, you know, just just humans. Like, why, why do we not empathize with other people, even if it has nothing to do with us, I've always cared. I've always wanted for everyone to just be treated equally. I've always wanted for everyone to um, experience like empowerment, knowledge, and I uh, understand also what it's like to not have that type of access, to not have certain types of privileges. Um, so I always try to like finesse ways to you know uplift others, or you know where have I finessed or hustled, and then how can I teach others to also do that mm-hmm. and like better your lives and stuff like that. And I think that's what really drives my why because seeing people happy, seeing people improve their lives, their quality of like life, and seeing people just like be themselves like is really what drives me to keep being confident, to keep showing the girls, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to just like, because there are people I feel like will have this level of confidence, but like, oh yeah, like whatever. But like for me, this level of confidence, I draw from others and I try to give back to others. Like it's a, it's a feedback, like I always say, like, everyone's my friend because I truly believe that. I try to be positive and try to build relationships with all the people that I touch. And I, I've touched so many people's hearts. Like, re- recently, just, I had my birthday. Um, and She's 22 now. I just turned 22. <laughs> I, I did not realize the impact that I made in people's lives. When people wrote paragraphs and posts about me, just mm-hmm. stating the things I've done to help change your life. That's my why. Yeah. You know, I'm here to help you. I'm here to bring that life into your life so so as like a star with that star power and i sometimes feel like i have to perform like i said i feel yeah do you feel like you have to always be on and therefore because you just said your mom you never saw your mom sweat and i feel like that's and you're like a celebrity in your but you don't i i feel like jamie doesn't like to be like you don't let people see you sweat do you, is that safe to say? No, that is safe to say. I think it's hard for me to be Beyonce. No, be okay, Beyonce. Those NDAs, girl. I'm trying to. I took notes. Yeah, I, Beyonce has the NDAs. I definitely think I I put on this strong face. I'm like the strong friend, and I feel like everyone relies on me a yeah. lot for kind of like helping them with a lot of their issues. Um, and it, it's kind of hard because I never have that with, like, other people because I feel like I'm, like, the strong friend. So I'm always the one helping yeah, other well, people. I mean, I saw that when I worked with you. Oh, you yeah. You know, for your afraid group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you for your group? Yeah. Um, oh, wow. But I am trying more to be okay with vulnerability, especially in the public eye. And I don't think vulnerability is weakness. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, it's empowering. Yeah. Um, and it's growth because you just allow yourself to be human not a robot so so in addition to being the star of the Smith School of Business oh my gosh <laughs> sorry they're just hyping me up I for know. no reason like no Jamie also is minoring in a certificate in LGBT studies mm-hmm. and um, being in college helped you uh, realize your genderqueerness yes. yeah. so let's talk about that journey like when did it really start to Mm-hmm. Manifest. I feel like I've known you since you started college. So I'm like, yeah. when did it? When did it start to manifest? Yeah, definitely. When I started to educate myself more on gender identity, I've always known about gender identity, but it wasn't until I started looking at queer theory, right? Mm-hmm. Gender dynamics, 
um, just identity politics. Once I started, you know, picking up the minor. So that's why education is so important, right? When you have access to education, you have a lot of knowledge that you didn't know about. Like, I had no knowledge about the LGBTQ community, the history in America, all of these different things, all of these theories and um, applications. Um, that's when I was able to then question, wow, okay, based on my personal experience growing up, based on how I perform gender right now, based on how I just feel, like, I, I don't feel like I fit in the binary. And that's when I started to question and challenge those notions, right? I honestly would not have challenged those notions if I did not read about it, if I did not educate myself about it. Once I started to understand and I started to talk to people, I started to ask people within my community at UMD and just like, you know, maybe those who identified as non-binary or those who identified within, you know, the non-cis community or within the trans umbrella, um, just kind of like how they went about their journey um, and see if there's any similar experiences. And seeing that everyone had a different experience helped reassure me a lot because people go through gender, um, identity and gender evolution, so different. You know, like people, some people know very early on and some people change through experience. And that's kind of me. Like I changed through experience once I was more comfortable with myself, once I started understanding more about myself, when I started understanding more about what it means to be genderqueer. Um, and I think that level of confidence that I brought up, right, that, that you guys brought up about being confident with myself made me solidify my answer um, much more quicker once I started to really get all the um, facts together. Wow, um, wow. It is such a different journey. Can I tell people, you know, when you yeah. do all, you know, all this drag all the time, uh, <laughs> I do it at this point, it starts to get a little blurry. It does. Yeah, blurry. <laughs> yeah. About, like, what you identify as, because I, I just feel like, you know... I'm a dual person. I have so many, you know, I'm more than mm-hmm. a label, guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I guess I haven't thought about either switching or having specific pronouns. Like, I really don't care what people yeah. call me no, that's, at this that's, point. And I've noticed that even, like, after I asked you, like, your um, your preferred gender pronoun, I mm-hmm. still I still use he sometimes. Yeah, and I, like, that's, that's, no, yeah. and I under, uh, I'm sorry that I do that, but, like, I, I, it's just, like, I, and that's why I can't instill, like... It's that battle with me because, in like, I would say that in the Latino community, everything's mm-hmm. gendered. Yeah. So you have to add to like that in your language? Uh, a little gender, bit. It is, yeah, it is language, pretty gendered yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Because we have a little Latino in our yeah. culture. So. Like Tito. Yeah. yeah Tito, Tita. So. And so, like, that, like, has instilled so much gender constructs in me. Right. And so, like, it's hard for me to even, like, step out the box sometimes and just, like, and I, even though I'll say she no, every day of my life, mm-hmm. I refer to myself as she and her mm-hmm. she and you she, mm-hmm. I'll still like go to a gender pronoun and issue and I right. and that's my that's my thing. I don't. It's hard for me to navigate that because right. I in college I never took. I think I took one gender studies class, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of now that I'm realizing would have kind of benefited me a little bit more. Yeah. So I understand the more of umbrella because I try my best to understand it. But yeah. It's like we grew up on a different time. But like I'm realizing that it's ever evolving and yeah. it's like con- going to continue to evolve yeah. and it's, hopefully it continues. And I think it's good that you know you're aware of yeah. that, and like no one's ever perfect, and yeah. like, don't ever like feel like oh my god, yeah. you're, you're gonna get this out. No, yeah. The rest of the population is still struggling with the idea of like gender pronouns and gender, and how do we respect other people's gender? Um, but I think it's good that you're moving toward that step of just realization, like okay, I'm acknowledging that this is um, not easy for me. However, I'm still gonna continue to work on it because. Yeah. 
you care about people and you care about respecting people. Yeah. And that's good. So well, I remember we other people go. wouldn't. Other people would be like, uh, <laughs> well, girl, uh, I used to be problematic. I used to we used to go on. Used to. We used to go. We used to argue all the time because I just never understood gender binary mm-hmm. and or gender nonconforming because <laughs> I just. I was like, it just didn't. To me, it was like this weird thing, and I think it was <laughs> to do with my ex boyfriend, honestly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to be real, but I just yeah, never. <laughs> we cut it this out from this discussion. No, <laughs> no, I'm messy, so I'm okay with it. Oh but god! I just think that it was really just like I think I and that was a lot of in, like internal like. No, that's real. That, yeah. And so that's why I was like, whatever. But now, like I said, growth. Thank God. Mm-hmm. You. It's, it's about being aware and yes. holding yourself accountable yes. and that kind of stuff. It is. It's mm-hmm. definitely all about accountability. And mm-hmm. I have not been perfect myself. So yeah. I have always tried to be better and learn better. And, mm-hmm. you know, as people, you know, we have certain implicit things that we have to unlearn yeah. based on our communities and cultures and just what we grew up in mm-hmm. um, and who taught us certain things. Because things are learned. So it's all about just unlearning, unlearning, unlearning all the things that cause pain to others. Um, and just being better people. And so I think that journey is always going to be constantly growing for all of us. So. Oh, my gosh. Now the fun question. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> how does your current gender identity play a role in the way you interact in your relationships with <laughs> males, no, gender males, females? Like, um, I'm really interested because, you know. So crazy. No, yeah. Oh my god! Uber, Uber drivers try to you know take you out, girl. <laughs> literally, literally, you got oh my pay, god. run the cut the check. <laughs> Where's the bag at? I mean, you, <laughs> you be... do have a lot of men solicit you yes. all over the world and want to take care of you and all that. Oh yeah, stuff. I mean, not <laughs> <laughs> don't tell my mom. <laughs> um, it's very interesting. You both mentioned that I actually had this conversation with this one guy because I think a lot more men who deal with me and my gender queerness who are more comfortable with someone like me who plays with uh, not plays with sorry that's not a good word who is more comfortable with gender fluidity and gender queerness um are more like bisexual men okay because no it's true like most of the men that have come into my life have never been just straight they've been pansexual or bisexual I think which makes sense because they are open to those outside of just male, female, right? right. Um, and most of the, I guess, like cisgender, bisexual men who have come into my life um, have been like attracted to me on my femininity. On um, And I have gone in times where people like fetishize me, like, oh, can you come into like a wig and dress or something? And I'm like, I don't do that for sex. Like, that's yeah. that's not something. That's I, not for you, but no, it's no, for me. It's for me, yeah. But my my gender identity, if I want to wear a wig and dress, for me, is not for you. It's not a kink. It's not a sexual fetish. But so those are most of the men that really come into my life. Like they they try to fetishize me, so I try to stay away from those type of men. That that is not fulfilling love for sure. Mm Because I I mean, as in as a Latino. That's a fe- there's a fetishization for real, for real too, mm-hmm. and so like I just know that I, when I was at my most insecure, I like clung to that kind of relationship, yeah. and then now as you grow, you're like you know I gotta, yeah. and I've met people that are like no you gotta stop, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you kind of re have to, re have to re evaluate what you accept as love and what, yes. and how people have shown you love is how you're gonna give love. So, yes. how loving wise, mm-hmm. what's that definition for you? So you can start like yeah. navigating that, that because it seems like you're on the <coughs> on the step to be like fuck that shit. I don't need to be fetishized. Oh, for sure. So what's kind of made you realize those things about love and mm-hmm. what you value for yourself? For me, um, 
like after coming out of like a three year long horrible <laughs> three year long relationship with a man I think I realized love for me is not about um the relationship itself I think it's all about first working on yourself so I need to work on me finding love for my own self and work <laughs> sorry guys I, I didn't, <laughs> this is a hard question like um this is really hard I'm still, I, I think I don't even have an answer for love. I think I'm only, okay. no, I'm okay. 22. Totally um, I forget, she's 22. Oh, yeah. No, I no. mean, we were all, I mean, I was but, wait, wait, 22. No. My, my definition, <laughs> wait, wait, but I can give, I can give some sort of answer where my definition of love has grown, right? Where it has grown to more of a self-love. Like, mm-hmm. what do I need to do to improve myself so that I can be ready to be in a relationship with someone so I can give someone and they can give back to me and we can both benefit each other in our lives. Um, I think what I learned from relationships in the past, from being fetishized and like giving myself to men who didn't deserve me um, due to just insecurities about, you know, being genderqueer, being Mm -hmm. gay. Like I can't find someone who's going to love me, right? Because no one's going to love someone who's genderqueer. Yeah. Um, and everyone's just going to want to fuck me, but no one's going to want to love me. Realizing, well, fuck them. I'll love me. Yeah. Bitch, I'll live alone with my seven cats. <laughs> yeah. And I will be in love with myself. I think that's what real love is. It just transcends the idea of a relationship. Real love is being like, oh, shit, I love myself so much. Like, I don't need that. And then somebody sees that and they respect you for it and they admire you for it and you admire them for it as a person and you're like damn mm-hmm. that person like i need in my life because i know they're going to give me into the right direction i know we're going to build mm-hmm. i know we're going to grow and we're going to have a family we're going to be you know challenging each other and growing with each other to become better and to take over the world that's the love yeah. you know that i feel like everyone deserves to have if you're looking within a relationship um not the you know insecurities that fall from other stuff so that, that's what i'm trying to learn right now um as you know 22 years old just out of a fresh three-year-long relationship um those are my lessons, I guess. Mm-hmm. She's single, so. but you know she's ready. Single. She mingling. So slide in DMs. Um, I'll <laughs> try and read out about it. <laughs> I, I do get a lot. So. <laughs> Real quick, let's go back to what happened with your teacher and expecting that you're always happy. Do you find that you're? Because my therapist told me that sometimes mm-hmm. I I used to expect people to approach me at a club or mm-hmm. like where they wanted me, yeah. but that's beyond my control because people I. She made me realize people can find me intimidating. Yeah. Or they don't want to. Sorry. I know that I can come across as intimidating or cold. And I, like, I just went to L.A. Mm. And I noticed I was getting approached. Um, but I was just pushing it away. And I was so much quicker to accept grinder hookups than someone coming at me into the club. Right. And that's a clear, like, thing that I'm still working on. Like, right. because, again, that former fatty girl, she's telling you, like, you can't be here and, like, actually be pursued. Right. But I have control issues, so I have to be the one to pursue if I'm going to end yeah. up finding someone. So do you find that... And I feel like the nice guys are the ones that never actually pursue. Mm-hmm. So do you think that... How, how's your relationship with that? Do you, can you tell when someone genuine is coming into your life? Or is it usually just that? I can tell this bitch is not, 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 this guy's not 
gonna give me what I need. Cause yeah. these niggas ain't shit out yeah. here. These men. <laughs> um, I think definitely with the age of technology and social media, it has definitely created a much more easy access to have that type of problems that yeah. we're dealing with. And I'm I'm the same way. Like I'm a Virgo. I love having control of my life, and I'm usually the one kind of like chasing as well. And it, it has hindered me from like just enjoying my time in the physical presence like at a club or something like you know enjoying like who's actually there um but i i have also been experienced with people pursuing me through like sliding in my dms you know hitting him up in real life but i i've I've always kind of had a very good sense of who's really here to just like use me and who's really here to really get to know me um and most like i would say 90 percent of all the men that have come into my life have Definitely, I filtered out. Just yeah. they're just here to, you know, use me as you know, my for my body or just yeah. for my looks or for my clout. Um, yeah. It's definitely <laughs> okay, that. Okay, so, yeah. No, yeah. Let, so let, you, let girls know. Yeah, why are you like? Why are you sliding in my DMs or why are you hitting me up on Grinder? It's you know like. I literally put on my profile. And you like, say you will get exposed with Jamie too. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you're to post it. Yeah, I will post. I'll post her combo if it's out there. But I'll be like, I I literally explicitly like I mean I want to go on a date. Like, prove to me through action that yeah. you will not be a dick. But yeah. most guys are like, well, I don't want to go on a date. They're like, I know already, like, what you're here for, so. Do you think people expect you to pursue them? Yeah, some men do. I don't. Yeah. Nah, thing, though. I pursue, like, for me, like, I'm going to pursue a guy, like. Who do you want to be with? What kind of guy? What kind of, what kind of person? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about these boys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> What's the credit score? What's the what's the credit score? <laughs> um, honestly, to me, like, I just want someone that kind of is more stable with their life. That's probably just me, just because I have like issues with my own life. Like, I'm I'm really unstable. Um, I don't know what the ideal guy. I don't I don't like to put a look into what my future man mm. should be or Could look be. like because I don't yeah. I don't want to limit that. And I don't yeah. know. What I look for in a man is genuinity, authenticity, passion, drive, um, just like that energy, that soul that really connects with me. Like I know, okay, this person's gonna, you know, be really successful in life and they're going to really go far um, and that they have dreams that they're willing to fail, but they'll still chase. And that's like, I love that. So that's really what I look for, I guess, in a man. Um, I'm not trying to look for a relationship, I guess, right now. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, because we're focused on yourself. So yeah, because I'm trying to date me. I, <laughs> Take what, yourself what I just What I just mentioned was all me. So, I look at the So, I want to know, what now? Where's your story go after this? What's next? Where, where's Jamie? <laughs> Couple day parties, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but where do you see your story going? I mean, as you um, still understand more about your gender expression and how you identify, like, what... Where do you imagine your story going? Um, I definitely see me in the future. Like five years from now, I definitely see myself in some sort of place of influence where mm-hmm. I can um, really bring issue, like these topics of issues into you know policy, into just more you know corporate settings, into business. Um, I want to be kind of like a leader within that field. Um, uh, I'm not talking How does it feel to be in corporate? Wait, she's a live commercial. Oh yeah, yeah, but being being in those spaces and just like being a representation and oh yeah, I just got um, oh yeah, good thing uh, that I'm here. I just got 
um, the brand ambassador position for Maybelline. Oh, oh my god! My and, god. Right, and Maybelline right is a number one cosmetics company, but their I slogan love their is Matt Foundation sponsor us, girls. <laughs> Maybelline, their their slogan right is maybe she's born with it, right? Maybe yeah. she's Maybelline. That's she. Yeah. And me, as someone who's genderqueer, I'm ready to encapsulate they. Yeah. You know, like. Maybe they're born with it. Maybe they're Maybelline, right? That's an example of me leveraging my gender queerness to further, you know, show that things like Maybelline are for everyone, regardless. Mm -hmm. Even if that slogan says she, you know, like, own it. It's your slogan now. Is that how you balance working in, like, corporate settings? And because, like, I'm always gagged. Um, I'm, I'm always, trade girl when I get yeah because you come in in a tie and a suit and how does that like how, because how, because that has I to be I think life yeah. <laughs> no I want to honestly I want to break that. that like yeah. it doesn't feel well for me because again like I'm genderqueer like I don't feel uncomfortable being in a suit yeah. and being in a more um, masculine look yeah. when I go to work um I can be comfortable because I can I can fluid fluidly yeah. enter into a mass more masculine yeah. quote unquote presence due to mm. corporate right. Yeah. However, I can't hide my femininity. Yeah. I don't hide being this. Yeah. I don't close that, and they know it. They I think that's what adds to who I am as a person. It's my personality. It, I I can come in in a suit, and you know straight like that. I'm I ain't like that. You know. Yeah. Um, I do find empowerment through wearing the suit in a different way than I find empowerment in wearing the dress. Yeah. Um, I guess some people, um, because of my gender queerness, um, wearing a dress, you just feel different. You feel this empowerment of just, you know, being like a woman, yeah. and just, um, <laughs> being feminine and just finding female energy power versus wearing a suit. You find more male power. You, and I, I, I feel both. Yeah. I feel both. I find it both. Yes. Um, and I think that's where I, I'm not limited to clothing because all types of clothing from all the gender spectrum, from within the gender spectrum, I can find some sort of like power mm-hmm. um, I can relate to. But I have that privilege because I'm within that. Uh, I, I, I can have the ability to feel that way. Not everyone can, and not everyone does. Some people who feel like they have to wear a suit. Um, find that it disempowers them. Find yeah. that it doesn't, you know, correlate with how they want to express their gender. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Are you interested in just like you broke you broke some ceilings with Mayo Billion Girl? You're gonna do the slogan, the new slogan with they. Yeah. Do you look forward to breaking kind of the what they expect out of gender non-binary and non-conforming people in corporate America? Because it, like you said, oh it, for sure, it, it may not affect you because it might not affect you in that way. And I know, like, if mm-hmm. I had to wear a suit, I could. And not be bothered, yeah. but I don't like wearing suits. It's just I, yeah. I don't take myself that seriously. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But like some people must go through serious anxiety putting that suit on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how, how do you do you look forward to breaking that seal like that feeling oh, as well and kind yeah. of like standing whatever you want to wear? I think also does it when you think about like corporate, you think about um, the political landscape of it, mm-hmm. um, and just like where I am right now, currently with everything. I do intend to break that. Um, I do intend to come in with more um, feminine looks. You know, I get you seen like with just like the pink ups, 
Whatever. I mean, whatever yeah. business casuals, I'll be more in the city anyways when I start yeah. my work. Um, I do want to break those boundaries, and I do intend to. Mm. I'm not sure how everyone's going to feel, mm. what I do. Um, actually, one time, when I interned at NIH, oh, my God, it was so crazy. NIH is the National Institutes of Health. I already did this. Uh, yeah. You know, like, everyone there is, like, in a lab coat, you know, you know, very cis heteronormative. I went in there with makeup, literally lashes, and purple nails, and my boss, the chief, um, <laughs> literally the chief person was, like, Okay, whatever, here's your gloves, you know? And I felt okay, you know? Yeah. I felt okay. I think I could do that in the corporate setting as well. Yeah. Um, I think it takes a lot of bravery. 100%. 100%. Right. But I've done it before. So. And he it, struggles with that too. Mm-hmm. He struggles with... Who's he? Oh, um, she. <laughs> she. Uh, Nunu struggles with that in her uh, day drag. Mm. Uh, but like the, the level of femininity being in an all-black space, we've talked about that too. And so I wonder if you want to and put your input into the situation as well. <laughs> I, I think I like to tell my own stories. <laughs> but this is a story we talked about, so I don't No, it's not we talked about. I mean, because I don't, like he, like Jamie said, I, I don't f- feel like, my job is running around at this point. I don't, I don't want to look like this. <laughs> that's just the truth I, 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 have no, I have really but no how would you, like, be, why do I want to wear that, makeup? Yes. <laughs> Probably. Kind of. Sometimes. Yeah, it, it, exactly. It, it, it's weird, though, because I work in education, and, you know, I'm up at 6 o'clock in the morning, so the truth is, I'm not going to do makeup. <laughs> no, no woman, really, at my school wears makeup because we're up early dealing with no. kids. It's, it's not really, like, a reality in my field because yeah. it's just not practical. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm okay with that, but when I eventually think about becoming a professor and, you know, being a little more yeah. settled, yeah. <laughs> what I look like, I don't know. I, I, I think it depends on... I think it depends on get confidence levels, right? Mm-hmm, confidence. I think it depends on where we are in society and which mm-hmm. kind of university I'm at. You know, I'm not going to hopefully be a professor in the middle of nowhere. Like <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska. Right, yeah. and, and, you know, have to deal with all that. Well, Safety is important, so. Safety is important, but, I mean, I, it's, it's hard. It's hard, like I say, playing with the gender expression is weird because I don't specifically feel gender queer yet or not yeah. binary. I just kind of feel... Like, I'm doing drag for fun. And then I was also going to add as well, there's also the fear of being fired, right? Yeah. You don't know. Oh, yeah, that's true. People, if I, if I were to come in in a, more, in a dress one day, like, someone could have such a big problem with it and could potentially get me fired. And that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people within the LGBT community especially struggle with getting a job mm-hmm. and getting employment because of the discrimination. Yeah. Because there's literal workplace, like, someone could fire you just for that. Well, and it's not protected, like, you know what I mean? So those fears are very valid and why some people may stick to being within corporate or being yeah. within that hetero, cisnormative. It's funny, clothing. Cholo culture came from, um, what's that face? Talk. Oh, no, this was just shit. No, this was just shit. <laughs> this is, uh, but this, Cholo culture came from breaking the mold because no one expected Latinos to afford nice things back mm. in California. Um, and white people would uh, get really pissed if they saw uh, someone Mexican coming mm-hmm. down with like a business casual look. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, again, it's made for them. That, yeah. that establishes their dominance over us. Absolutely. And so I, I have a privilege in where I work. I'm a fitness instructor and personal trainer, so I don't have mm-hmm. to worry, worry about these corporate America kind of gigs. Mm-hmm. But I just still notice that like 
I inherently, I guess, did that because I wear a fur coat every day. Sometimes during the winter, yeah. you know, big white fur coat down with my big, right. my big, uh, my big gold pink glasses, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, giving giving as much you know my, as much of my radiance or femininity that I can in that moment. Um, the fear of getting fired doesn't come to me because a because I guess I'm more of a relaxed setting, but also it's just like I think when you and you're a valuable member in your team and you're a valuable member in your team. And I think that when you hold that level of valuable. When you're when you're a player and not a when you're a, when you, what's, what's what's that lyric that Nikki says, or no on uh on Hot Girl Summer where they're like she's a member on the team member you're a player but you're a yeah. player, you're a player and not a member of the team so yeah. you get to you get to break those yes. molds for yourself you get mm-hmm. to do that for yourself because I'm the only person you have leverage yeah you got yeah. leverage and so I think that's a, that's a way we can kind of start accessing that because I think that. <laughs> I think one day you'll be able to do that. I do think that I think you'll be able to do that. Though. And that's what I was going to say so with too. corporate politics, too. Yeah. I was going to say, like, right now, I'm obviously 22. I'm, I don't have much power within yeah. the corporation, but yeah. now we're bigger up there. Yeah. Um, I have more influence yeah. and less likely for me to be fired, you know. But still, like, the fear is there. Mm. Um, and I think it takes a lot of bravery for someone to be themselves within a space where they could potentially get fired and, you know, especially in a state where it's not protected. Mm-hmm. So my advice is if you're dealing and struggling with something like this, you know, always put your safety first. You know, you got you got to pay the bills. You got to put food on the table. Um, but also just be sure you have somebody to talk to regarding these issues. Maybe bring it to HR or bring it to somebody that you trust within the, the organization just the, that you trust considerably yeah. just to be like hey I don't feel like I'm expressing myself are there ways are there groups you know how can I live my true authentic right. life um, safely um, and then navigating those resources and, mm-hmm. and to still say that in 2019 is very prevalent because I always hear people be like why don't people just come out right now why can't yeah. people just be well that's why because why will get fired if I come out and just be myself like come yeah. in there with a dress full lashes that. on you know just being genderqueer and like you know, That's like, a yeah. So, last question. Okay. What would you tell little Jamie, little nine-year-old Jamie, yeah. about how to live, how to express himself, how to yeah. navigate life? Baby girl, stop beating yourself up every day. <laughs> oh, my God. I see it in you now, bitch. Like, you're just going to be so anxious. Stop being anxious. Okay. It's okay to be anxious. I love you. Um, but, <laughs> sis. I want you to know um, that you're going to live a very happy life and you're going to go through a lot of struggles, but you're going to go through them and you're going to be so shook that you survived. Like, you're going to be like, damn. Like, but that's what's going to make you strong. So just remember who you are and remember who you're, remember who you're going to be, know who you're going to be, um, and just know that I'm here from all aspects of the temporal dimensions to be <laughs> But this is from me coming as you, as a 22-year-old, saying that you will be okay. Um, and don't be too worried about everything. So. And there you have it, folks. This has been another great episode of <laughs> Wait, Don't, don't do, it. do It with your girl, Nunu Paris. And Rafi. And... Jamie. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Where can people find you? And slide oh. in your DMs. <laughs> yeah, y'all, slide in the DMs. Um, my Instagram and Twitter are just Jamie Martin Co. Or Hyman Martin Co. 
Oh, we couldn't even go that. But uh, it's spelled J A I M E M A R T I N K O. If you didn't know. If you didn't know. And then I have a YouTube channel, and it's just um, Jamie Atalano, um, A-T-I-L-A-N-O. I I know I have two different last names. It's because it's complicated. That's T for another day. But um, you guys want to see my videos on, like, gender queerness, LGBTQ plus stuff. Continue the conversation. Yeah, continue the conversation. We love to. Also, a future collab. A feature yeah. YouTube. Wait, I would love that. I suggested it. I suggested it. And I would what? love you that. You suggested for the day. And I was like, another day. No, we'll do it. I'm we should do whatever. a club. Yeah, so it's not over part two. They already hit an we hour. Do like, we can do like, oh, like something like Reader Grinder. Wait. <laughs>